Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached Word of God in agreement to the Scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. I'm going to ask you to join me, if you will, in the book of Matthew, chapter 13, and verse 45. I've asked our musicians and singers to stay on the platform because I've told them that I'm not going to preach very long this morning. I have a feeling there's a stopwatch or two going in this <laughs> building right now. And uh, you're going to test uh, you're gonna test the water here. The book of Matthew, chapter 13, verse number 45 and 46. I do want to draw from this very familiar passage of Scripture. If I can just remind you of something before we leave today, I will feel like God has had his way. The Bible says, again, the kingdom of heaven... Is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all he had and bought it. Amen. The kingdom of heaven is like that merchant man seeking goodly pearls. And I want to preach to you this morning the pearl of great price. And you can be seated. We are tempted when we read this passage of Scripture to assume that the pearl of great price represents Jesus Christ or perhaps represents salvation. And then we can also, in that line of thought, assume that the merchant man is a sinner who gives everything that he has to purchase that pearl of great price or to obtain salvation. However, I don't think it's a good practice to just read a parable and accept it at face value because there may be a principle here instead of just another kind of truth coming our way. Perhaps there's more than one reason we should reject that particular interpretation of this passage of scriptures. For one, I think that sinners are seeking for Jesus, but Jesus is seeking for sinners. I am the one that was lost. You are the one that was lost. The Bible says in the book of John, chapter 6, in verse number 44, that no man can come to me except the Father draw him or the Spirit draw him. And so I, I am appreciative of the fact that I considered myself seeking and perhaps at some point in your walk with God, you consider early embryonic walk with God, you considered yourself seeking but I want to point out that what even prompted that seeking was the fact that the Spirit of God moved on us. I'm thankful for the moving and the wooing of the Spirit of God, the presence of God seeking and stirring and, and, uh, and creating a desire in our heart to be changed. You know, it would be nice tonight, I, I, today I think about many businesses, you know, Black Friday under normal circumstances, people will just camp out hours before in all kinds of weather. 
just to get that, you know, just to get that toaster for $29 that they're probably not even going to use. And they'll do all manner of things. And, uh, you know, I've just never seen. I, we've got a wonderful church, wonderful people, and I don't want you to feel slighted by this next comment, but I've never driven by here on Saturday afternoon and seen tents set up around the door and everybody just trying to get in and get the good seat, you know. With And, uh, the, <laughs> and we, we've got wonderful people, and even wonderful people haven't done that. I've never driven around any church of any 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 size or any flavor, and people are waiting just with anticipation to get in the door. Amen. That's not always the case. Many times, and too many times, people view the church as a little more than just a place to do a little social interaction. It may shock us today if we really knew how many people were in churches all across America of all sizes and flavors that, that are just there for the entertainment. They're just there for the show and whatever they hear is gonna make them feel better about themselves, but but it, it, they're there for all the wrong reasons. They, they are really perhaps not in pursuit of the absolute truth of the word of God. That's not to say that mankind is not searching for something because I believe there is an inept desire in the heart of man to worship something, but many times they're looking in all all the wrong places and that's why stadiums will be filled to capacity and dance halls will be filled to capacity and this and that and the other will be filled to capacity it's because man is searching but I tell you today I'm thankful I'm thankful that I wasn't searching but I'm glad somebody was searching for me and found me Hallelujah. I just had to tell the Lord again this morning early in prayer. I just want to thank you for the Holy Ghost. I want to thank you for touching me as a young man. I want to thank you, Lord, for putting something in my heart that just wouldn't go away. When I wasn't always walking in the right direction, there was something in my heart, a fire that couldn't be quieted, a thirst that could not be quenched. According to Ephesians 2 and 1, we are dead in trespasses and sin. That's what he said. And if that be said and that be true, then a dead man can't seek for anything. The seeking, I believe that we feel in our heart, it is the response of the Spirit moving on our heart, drawing us. The Bible says in Romans 3 and 11, there is, not, there is none that understandeth, there is none that seeketh after God. There is none. A dead man can't search, but I'm gonna tell you, a living God can search and find a dead man. And we're all proof of that here today if you have the Holy Ghost this morning. The merchant man, the scripture said, bought the pearl. Salvation, you see, can't be purchased. One man said, I want to know how much it would cost me to be able to buy the power to do some of the signs and the miracles and the wonders that you're doing. And someone had to stand and correct him and say, you're looking at this wrong. This is not something that can be bought. And can I still stand today and tell you on this July morning that salvation is not of works. It can't be bought but it is the gift 
of God. And then this parable says that when he bought it, he, he in order to buy it, he sold all that he had to obtain it. And I want to tell you today that I really believe that true discipleship will ask us to give up things, take off things so that we can put on Christ. But you see, that's not an act of salvation. That is an act of sanctification. We don't give up things so we can earn salvation. I don't, abst I don't abstain from certain things so that I can be saved. I'm abstaining because I am saved. I'm not going there so I can keep the Holy Ghost. I'm not going there because I have the Holy Ghost. I'm not gonna take his spirit with me. I'm not gonna offend and grieve the spirit of God. Amen. Things that we used to do, we just no longer do. I'm gonna tell you without polling this audience how much confidence I have this morning. I'm preaching to people that when you receive the Holy Ghost, some of the things you used to do, your mother didn't talk to you about it. Your daddy didn't talk to you about it. Your aunt and uncle didn't tell you about it. Your pastor didn't get up and preach against it. But one morning you woke up and you said, you know what? This shoe that used to fit just don't fit anymore. This jacket that used to fit the way I used to walk, the way I used to talk, this just doesn't fit what I feel in my heart today. <laughs> Hallelujah. We don't do that to get saved. We do that because we are saved. Hallelujah. 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 Just some, something in our heart turned over. Something in our spirit said this is not right. I believe there are men and women in this house today that used to use foul language, but when you received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the next time that word parted your lips, you said, now wait a minute, that didn't feel like it felt yesterday, that didn't feel like it felt last month, that didn't sound like it used to sound, and I'm gonna put that away, hallelujah. Oh, passions that we used to have, things that we didn't think we could do without, the Spirit of the Lord moved in, hallelujah, and we said, I don't need that anymore. There may have been people, I know there were people in this building that used to be addicted to all manner of things. Maybe it was tobacco or alcohol or all kind of things that we could put in this list and you didn't think I can wake up one morning without this. I don't think I can go to bed one night without this. But when the spirit of the Lord, hallelujah, began to move on our lives, Mm, hallelujah when the spirit of God began to move in our lives you said I don't need that to wake up and I don't need this to lay down I don't need this to solve to soothe my nerves I've got the power and the ministry of the Holy Ghost in my heart yes I do yes I do praise God praise God and so you see this morning that the true interpretation is that the merchant man is not you and I. The merchant man is Jesus Christ. Amen. We, the church, we, the church, souls of men, that's the pearl of great price which he purchased at a great cost. He gave all. He seeks and saves, the Bible says, that which was lost. The pearl. Oh, the pearl, what a beautiful example of the church. 
Amen. The pearl is just one. It is one. And what a wonderful word picture of unity and how that should depict the modern day church. It's formed, the pearl is formed miraculously for the purpose of being presented back to its maker. It's created, its creator is its owner. Amen. Just like the church was founded by Jesus Christ to be the bride. Hallelujah. We are miraculously formed one layer at a time. Where did a church come from? Well, a church didn't come from a handshake. A church didn't come from a contract. A church is not the end result of just some uh, intellectual meeting, but the church was born and just one soul at a day, one soul at a time, here a little and there a little. Layer after layer is the form, is the pearl formed, and layer after layer is the church developed. One day at a time, one week turns to a month, and a month to years and years to decades and God's glorious church is rising from nothing to something of great value. Great value. Praise God. In truth, there is very little to a pearl. If you crush it, basically, I'm sure maybe somebody could be a little more technical with this, but if you crush it, basically what you have is lime or just ordinary chalk. It's worthless. It's really nothing in and of itself. Because you see, the value of the pearl is not found in its substance. The value of the pearl is found in how it came into existence. The value of the pearl is not what it's made of, but the value of the pearl is found in how it came to be. It's not carved or cut out of a rock like a diamond or a ruby. As a matter of fact, if you cut a pearl, it will become worthless. It's created in the heart of a living oyster as an irritant or a bacterium is introduced into the shell. And that foreign object begins to gnaw. It begins to cut and dig into the tender issues, uh, tissues of the oyster. Amen. And then when it does, the oyster in order to preserve itself or heal itself releases something called the mother of pearl. Layer upon layer is formed around that bacteria or that irritant. And layer after layer and what was now, what was a wound, what was a hurt, what was a foreign object is now becoming more and more beautiful and more and more valuable by the day. Amen. I know that you've heard this analogy before and this illustration before but I'm going to tell you this morning what the church is made up of. Can I tell you what this church is made up of? It's made up of one hurt after another hurt. One wounded life after another wounded life. One disappointing act after another disappointing act. One family situation after another family situation but every time something wounded us we let the Lord be to heal hallelujah and we just kept coming and every time we walked in the door we became more and more valuable not only to God but more and more valuable to the world and the earth on which we walk today hallelujah you see in truth the pearl is formed by the accumulation of something it is formed by the accumulation of something layer after layer after layer the pearl is not formed in an instant the pearl is not formed mechanically. It is formed day by day. It sounds so much like the church. The scripture says the Lord would add to the church daily such as should be saved. Amen. We could be well to say 
The Lord said to Simon Peter, upon this rock will I build my church. I'm gonna tell you, I don't think we would be in error if we said upon this rock I will build my pearl. Amen, upon this rock I will develop this gem. Upon this rock will I develop this truth. Aren't you thankful that you know more about God today than you did when you started? Hallelujah. I appreciate Brother Everett Bird this morning talking about thankful for the revelation of our forefathers. I am very thankful for that. But I want to go back to what he said this morning and join him and say, I'm not just glad that God gave a revelation to my forefathers. I'm glad God gave a revelation to me. Hallelujah. I'm not here just by way of inheritance. Amen. I too am here by way of revelation. I'm thankful that I saw the oneness of the mighty God in Christ. I'm so thankful that I saw the value and the power of baptism in his name and the blood applied to my life. I'm thankful, I'm thankful, I'm thankful. Praise God. What a beautiful word picture. What a beautiful word picture of salvation. You see, Adam and Eve lived in a perfect world, but by their disobedience, sin entered that world. Sin became the intruder into God's perfect world. Adam Adam in and of himself was a man of amazing God-given intellect. He named the animals that are on the face of the earth. Yet in spite of all of the things that he knew, and if I may even say, in spite of all the words that Adam knew, there were some words that Adam knew nothing about because sin did not exist. Adam, in his vocabulary, had never heard the word death because there was no such thing until sin gave birth to it. Adam never knew the word nakedness, nakedness, and he never knew shame because sin had not yet arrived. He never knew what the word curse meant because sin was yet to bring a curse on the world. He really didn't know what sorrow was because this was brought into childbirth and everything that follows that. He never knew what thorns or thistles were. Think about that. He never knew what they may have been. He didn't have to deal with that before sin came in this world. He never knew what sweat was. He never had that salty substance run down and get in his eyes and burn and sting. He never knew what that was Amen, because sin had not yet come. Man's sin was an intrusion and I want to tell you that that intrusion cut the heart of God. Hallelujah. Yet despite the cutting, the Lord said we're going to do something about this and in the cool of the day, like he had always done. Amen, it was another day, another ordinary day. He come in the cool of the day and he started saying, Adam, where are you? Adam, where are you? He was naked. He was ashamed. He was covered in sin. Hallelujah. Hear me today. He was afraid. He hid himself. But the Lord said, I tell you what we're going to do. You've tried to cover this on your own, but that's never going to do. We're going to sacrifice an animal and we're going to get a hide and we're going to cover you. What I'm telling you this morning is when God was wounded by the disappointment of man in the garden, he said what we're going to do is start covering this. And we're going to layer and we're going to layer and we're going to layer and from this ugly wound there's going to develop a pearl of great price I'm going to tell you this morning we're not here because we're so shrewd we're not here because of our last name we're not here because of our pedigree we're not here because of our DNA 
We are here because God loved us enough to cover our cut and to cover our hurt and to cover our wounds and say, I believe I can make something out of this. I believe I can take this nothing and make something. Praise God. Praise God. How am I doing? Am I good on time? Hallelujah. Amen. Thank God. Calvary. Calvary covers it all. The cross, that was God's answer to man's sin. The innocent dying for the guilty. The ark of the covenant. The ark of the covenant. What a beautiful, beautiful picture this is. Three items. Three items were in that ark. Aaron's rod that budded. The event surrounding this, of course, was the rebellion of God's people against the authority of Moses and Aaron. Therefore, God said, put it in there. And whatever buds, whichever rod buds, that is going to be the one to lead you. He had anointed Aaron through that act to be the priest. There was a jar of manna. Israel complained when they received the manna from heaven. As a matter of fact, Israel said, we loathe this. We loathe this. We've had enough. It was rebellion against God's provision. And then in that ark was the Ten Commandments. It seems almost unthinkable. It seems almost unthinkable that while Moses was on Mount Sinai with the Lord and the cloud had descended and the voice of God was speaking and the finger of God was writing, it seems almost unthinkable that while Moses was just a little ways removed from the children of Israel, that they were down at the base of the mountain and they had stripped themselves naked and they were worshiping a golden calf. They were violating everything that God had given them, breaking the commandments, having a party, a drunken party. Amen. This was man's rebellion against God's command. So inside of the Ark of the Covenant, there was man's rebellion against authority. There was man's rebellion against provision. And there was man's rebellion against God's commandment. However, the most important part was not what was found inside of the Ark. What was the most important part was what was found on top of that Ark. Hallelujah. On that gold lid, there stood two cherubims whose wings touched one another. And while they faced one another, they didn't look at one another. They faced one another, but they looked down. Amen. And on that mercy seat, the blood of the sacrifice was placed. Amen. And from that vantage point, God is symbolically saying, I'm going to look down. I'm going to look down at your sin against my authority and your sin against my provision and your sin against my command. And when I looked down, I could see that except for the blood. When I looked down, I would be able to be reminded about that except for the blood. When I looked down, I would be able to, but I can't because there's a thin layer of blood. I'm gonna tell you today, while the devil, the accuser of the brethren, would like to keep you from worshiping, he'd like to keep you from praying this morning, he'd like to keep you from coming to the altar and getting what you need, there's a thin layer of blood this morning and God can't see your failure. He can't see your sin. Hallelujah. He can't see what you did yesterday. If we have repented of it, it's under the blood. Under the blood. Oh, 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 I'm so thankful for the blood that's been applied. 
Amen. Hallelujah. Layer after layer after layer of God's love poured out at Calvary covering, 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 covering. Poured out in the form of blood as a covering for our sins. And we consequently have become the pearl of great price. The church. <laughs> you and I, the pearl of great price. I like what one man said. He referred to Revelation 21, 21. Reminding us the 12 gates were 12 pearls. Every one, every several gate was of one pearl and the street of the city was pure gold as if it were transparent glass. One writer said about Revelation 21, 21, he said, as we walk into that glorious celestial city and you know we all have imaginations about how that may take place and we could all be wrong. But nevertheless, if we walk in like we think about walking into a gate, let's just remember this, that when we walk into that celestial city, the first thing we'll see is a reminder that that gate is a pearl and that the pearl of great price is coming home. Amen. The pearl of great price is making her way home. Amen. That pearl been sought. The merchant man was seeking and Jesus is seeking Amen. He's seeking. He's seeking through many ways. And I'll ask our musicians to come. He's seeking through many ways. He's seeking through the word. That's what the Lord's doing right now. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. No one, no one is saved apart from the word of God. No one. The pearl is sought through the spirit. I believe the spirit moves in multiple ways. I believe the spirit calls Amen, I've, I've spoken to more than my fair share of people that the Spirit of the Lord spoke to them in their sleep when they were yet sinners. The Spirit of the Lord convicts. Anybody here ever convicted of your sin before you got the Holy Ghost? And the Spirit convinces there's something that turns and changes our concept, our way of thinking. I believe that that the spirit can arrange circumstances so that sinners can come in contact with the gospel. That's not an accident. Not an accident. I want to ask you to stand. I told you many years ago when this happened, one day I was in my office, received a phone call from a lady who was the wife or girlfriend of one of the men we were ministering to in one of our prison ministries. We had a horrible connection, a very, very, very poor connection. But through this broken, static connection, she kept asking me, do you believe this? And she would talk about some of the fundamental things we as a church do teach and believe. And I'd say yes, and she was just going bananas. And then she'd say, well, do you believe this? I said, yes, ma'am. And here's why. I was trying to give her scriptures and it was just the most horrible connection. And I kept trying to tell her, I said, you know, this is a very bad way to try to, <laughs> a bad way to have a Bible study. I can tell you that. Even on the phone wouldn't have been the best, but certainly the bad connection. And I, I, won't, I won't belabor the issue, but she was just giving me the blues. 
And I'm being very kind. And she went point by point by point by point. And so what was happening is whatever they were teaching at the prison, her husband or boyfriend was, was sharing that. And, and she then slid off out in the weeds. And out at the end of our conversation, she, she, she mellowed and she broke. And she said, I don't know what's going on. But for the last, and she named how long, she said, God has been putting Pentecostal women in my path. She said, I run into them in the store. I run into them wherever I'm going. And now my boyfriend or my husband is calling me from prison and he's talking to me about these things. And she said, I need you to connect me to a church. And we were able, he was, got out of prison and left and went to Michigan. And we were able to connect them to a church in Michigan. Can I tell you, I just shared that to tell you this, that God can arrange circumstances so that sinners can come in contact with the gospel. I, I preached Wednesday night about not hiding our light under a bushel because light always wins. And so no matter how intimidated you may feel, no matter how inadequate you may feel, you're the light. I told you Wednesday, you're the light. Sunday, today, I'm telling you, you're the pearl. Amen. Stay tuned for next time. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.